This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. PJ Duran for more breaking news. PJ? Well, there's not been a whole heck of a lot going on other than we've had some announcements in the flat track world. KTM, uh, as we discussed off air before, has announced uh, they're going to have Shayna Texture on their team. So we're kind of stoked to be seeing that this coming season. As we know, she's That's incredibly huge, incredibly fast. Yeah. Uh, she'll be riding in the singles class for KTM. Yeah, her and Dan that. Bromley are going to be yep. on that the Red Bull F- KTM Factory AFT team. Shayna needs to step up her tw- her. Uh, TT performance. Her Peoria. <laughs> if she gets TT, all she needs to do is improve. Maybe she doesn't have to win one, but she needs to be able to not be make lapped. the main vent, yes. make the main, and be in the top five. I mean, put in a couple top fives, and she's a title contender. Right. All right, guys. First guest of this particular program. Glad you're all with us. Uh, by the way, we will be enjoying hot, delicious pie five pizza. Steve's on his way with hot, delicious pizza for all of us in studio our producers on the program as always jack and leanne de leon thank you very much our contributors include chris bishop and tommy boy halverson let's go to our first guest josh hayes is a name that uh, well you've heard on our program now some 38 times and uh, there's a reason for that because we love him he's a great guest what are you laughing for josh and, he, not- and he's won so many titles it's impossible not to talk to him well yeah he's four ama superbike championships in his career as if he was trying 61 ama superbike wins um and let's take you back to last year uh he took on a new role as an ambassador and coach for the yamaha factory race team he joins us now josh how are you i'm doing good how are you guys Doing real good. It's a little chilly up here in our neck of the woods, but other than that, we're doing all right. We're getting covered in snow. We're having a San Diego version of cold. It's not getting in the 60s today. It's going to stay in the 50s. And the world's <laughs> smallest violins begin to play you know for what, you, though? sir. When you're, when you're in San Diego and it's 50 degrees, it's cold. I'm, I'm winter when, coat in San Diego if it's 50. I don't know about that. Well, that makes one of us because I'm. That's one of us. You're cold all the time. I'm Tony. always cold. Yeah. Hey, my you, life's pretty good. I need something to complain about. Yeah, it's, it's tough, ain't it? You've got racing on the future. Yeah, I got racing on the brain a little bit right now. And wow, congratulations uh, for your performance over at the Island Classic Australia. Yeah. Uh, way to way to come out and uh, show them how it's done in your rookie uh, year at the at that yeah. event. Man, it was so much fun. Jason Pridmore, you know, he's been kind of pushing on me to do something like this for a while. And him and Jake Zimke gave me a call and were like, man, I really think you need to do this. You're going to enjoy it more than you think. And and I did, quite honestly. I mean, the, the track is amazing. There's no question about it. But I tell you what, it was fun to be, though classics don't really get my blood pumping, you know, classic motorcycles. They were before my era. I had fun riding it. And I tell you, the fact that no one there was there to make money, this wasn't about business, it wasn't about budgets, it was passionate people about motorsports, spending money to go do this amazing event and have a ton of fun doing it. And so it's just a, the group of people is, it, it, 
the enthusiasm was infectious, and I just had a great time. I was glad I was able to perform. I felt terrible for Jason to have the luck that he had falling down, and I wanted to do well for him because he did talk me into coming over there, and he kept saying, man, I think we can do good. I think we can do good. So Dave Crussell, the guy who kind of was the captain for the American team and for my group of small group of motorcycles that contributed to it was the Mojo Yamaha group. Uh, he was professional and fantastic in every way. And, uh, everybody's so fired up about it right now. We're still talking about next year. We're, we're all real amped up and really trying to put some pieces together so that we can show up next year and, and take it to another level. That's awesome. And you're riding it. What's an 83 Yamaha FJ like? I mean, that's... Well, it's custom framed. So first of all, let's give the disclaimers. It's an air-cooled 12, 13, 1400. I don't know what the rules are. It's a it's a a Harris chassis uh, built around a FJ eleven hundred that those guys punched out to twelve fifty or no eleven fifty twelve fifty something like it. It was big twelve fifty. Uh, you don't yeah you don't rev them super hard. It was a bit different for me not having a lot of RPM to work with there. But the bike did surprise me. It wheelied a couple of times. The five speed transmission. I haven't ridden the five speed transmission since my first couple years of racing when I rode a GSX-R1100. So there was uh, quite a bit to take in and learn. Actually, the racetrack itself, what you watch on TV, it was pretty true to that. Like, I kind of envisioned how the track would feel by watching races around that racetrack, and when you got there, it kind of played true to that. So uh, visually, it all seemed to fit, and so I think that's what helped me get up to speed and, and... you know, put in some good performances over the weekend. How was the wind? You know, it's. I think that maybe is time of year dependent. It just seems like whenever World Supers or MotoGP's there, the wind is insane. Was it the same way for you guys? We did have a day that we did have some particularly high winds, but it was funny because the wind started blowing out to sea. So it was blowing a tailwind down the front straightaway, and it was really, really hot. And, and it was actually, we had problems with, with the bikes air-cooled bikes struggling with that with the heat and that hot air coming off the off inland and then once the wind turned around the first breeze that came off the ocean in the afternoon you felt it it was so much cooler and then it actually got to be really nice for the day but you know those bikes they're they're not as slim as the bikes that we ride these days so she was still planted pretty good it really didn't bother me too much on track Gotcha, yeah, because it just seems like when you watch them, I mean, guys that are talk about them, I'm sure you've watched the same stuff I've watched over the years. I mean, really fast guys make mention of the wind really changes things if it's blowing in a certain direction as far as cornering and stability. So I'm, I'm glad that wasn't such a factor on the, the monster bike you were riding. Yeah, a few corners, uh, you know, in particular, I would say uh, uh, stoner corner, turn, was it turn three? Um, that turn, you know, being flat out on those old bikes, I can't imagine a super bike exactly how fast it would go through there, but definitely wind would play a a part of that as the speeds get higher. And, you know, I I was riding with a little bit of margin for error on both sides. And when you're, when you're full tilt on a super bike racing against the best in the world, there's no margin or a GP bike, there's no margin for error. You're riding with every inch of everything you've got. And, uh, so that would be a little bit different story with that wind. Stoner corners. 
Does it smell kind of skunky here in that, in that corner? Let <laughs> <laughs> me Casey, the world champ stoner. Oh, world okay. champ stoner. Have you ever noticed people go a little slower once they go around the corner? <laughs> Everybody's really Maybe friendly, though, and hungry. Mass, or excuse me, <laughs> visors up. I think that's why it was closest to the ocean was to keep the wind moving around there pretty good. <laughs> Josh Hayes is our guest and four-time superbike champion and uh, now – uh, one race for Island Classic. We're talking about that on his 83 Yamaha FJ 1250. Um, you had a front row seat for your uh, fellow Team USA member, Jason Pridmore's crash. You had to do some some pretty heads up riding to avoid the carnage. Talk about that, man. That that uh, I mean, you mentioned it, but that uh, you went on to win and finish on the podium. But uh, he had a it was a bummer for him. Yeah, it was a big impact for sure, and. Uh... You know, Jason Jason had been kind of on point all weekend, and he was riding well, and things were clicking. And I think, uh, you know, I got off to a pretty good start, and uh, I was pretty happy to be kind of station-keeping with Jason uh, rolling in to start our third lap. We were finishing up the second lap, and, and I felt like I could see some of the thought bubbles on Jason and what was going on behind him, you know. He was our, – our bike was particularly good with a tight line in the last turn, and so I thought – Okay, he's he he was really good through the hairpin MG, and then we went through the ne- the next left. I had lost just a bike length or two, and I was trying to make it up. So I was a wheel track outside of him, and he was holding a particularly tight line, trying to tend to line up the guys in front of him for a move that he was comfortable with. And actually, Jason and I were just discussing it. Not sure if it's just a racing incident; he was just going for it, and the thing snapped on him quick, or potentially, you know, a little bit of debris on the racetrack right in that area. But it caught him out regardless. He had a big fall. I think that he probably broke his leg on the initial impact because it was a pretty hard one. And uh, unfortunately, it caught up. You know, I, I was able to get the bike, you know, upright and react quick enough. Alex Phyllis was right behind me. And then, unfortunately, Bo Beaton, his, his view was blocked. All he saw was Alex and I check up. And by the time he realized what was going on, he was heading out to the gravel. And then Jason's bike came right in front of me and picked him up right next to me. So both of those guys ended up taking a significant hit. And uh, it was, uh, you know, that kind of takes you back to the days of old when you've seen some bad things happen and you got to go back out there and grit up and race again. But this time we weren't getting paid to do it. So it was a little bit, uh, a little bit you know, somber. But uh, I, I went out and managed to finish up, you know, that six-lap race with a podium finish. And then immediately went to the, to, uh, the medical room and got to, to see Jason and talk to him. And, I, and it was actually pretty funny. I think he had bumped his head, too. But uh, I don't think he remembered it until so, so we talked about it later. When I walked in, I kind of said, dude, dude, you all right? And the first thing out of his mouth was, man, my golf swing is screwed. So. <laughs> <laughs> big concerns. Big concerns. Yeah. That is that is awesome. And it, so... Who puts this on? Is this not Troy Corsa? Is it Troy Corsa that's kind of the driving force no, behind this? I, no, I believe it's the track that actually puts on this Phillip Island Classic race. And, uh, you know, it's been uh, Australia versus the Kiwis versus uh, the Brit versus America. And uh, I guess this year the, the British team decided not to come. And uh, we were able to boost our team a little bit. And uh, we... You know, for my first time being involved, I think these guys have been doing it for a long time, but there was definitely a few. We were we were on the right track. There are a few lessons learned, and we think that we can go back and uh, make more of a race of it again. But I believe it's put on by the track, and I know that they're wanting to expand this. There's really not a, another class. The only place otherwise that I believe they run these motorcycles in particular is at the Isle of Man, 
and now they're talking about expanding it out to maybe a race in New Zealand, maybe even the Barber Vintage Festival, which would be awesome. Oh my gosh, you would have that. Hey, have you been to Vintage Fest down there at Barber? It's insane. I have not, but I've heard that it is their biggest event. It is by far their biggest event. I've been to it. It's insane. I've been going to Moto America, formerly AMA Pro, at Barber since the day they opened. Uh, I haven't missed You have been loyal. I have not missed a single professional American superbike race at Barber Motorsports. And Vintage Fest blew my doors off. I was like, wow, why can't we get this many people at? Uh, And it's... To your point, I think very similar to that Island Classic, people aren't there trying to make money. They're, try- they're trying right. to race, and having you get a fun. lot of guys showing up, having a good time. Check out how cool my bike and rig are, and let's go race them. Nice. You know, another thing is this, that that's a generation of people that grew up around motorcycles, and in our current generation is more of an indoors crowd right now, and uh, we're not getting new customers on motorcycles, so that's hurting us a little bit on the modern stuff. And so these classics are really pushing. And now, you know, of course, you get hipsters doing hooligan bikes and these bobbers and all these other little custom-made classic bikes. So it's kind of a rejuvenating thing right now, and it's and it's going strong. And you know, I never thought I would be involved in classic racing. I just, I honestly can never say I thought that it would be happening. But I really enjoyed myself, and if I can take part in that Barber Vintage Festival this year, you know, it's definitely a possibility that I, I could be around that event. Does that mean you're old, Josh? No. I, I don't think so. There was a lot of young guys there racing old bikes. <laughs> Question to be answered next month in Daytona, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, we'll find out. You know, I, I felt a little bit nostalgic and like the guy of old uh, in the fourth race at Phillip Island. I was able to get a good start. I had a 1.6 second gap on the first lap and was able to kind of clear off and ride by myself and put on a good performance. And I go, man, this feels so good. I remember this. And I came home talking about it a lot. So. It's awesome. Well, if you, if you think you're good, maybe I'll hire you to ride my bike for the 200. So that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of how that pay? it kind of started. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'll have to ask her how much she's getting. Hey, wh- who's your crew <laughs> down there? Uh, well, that's a good question. I mean, this is, this is Melissa's program and her team. So fortunately, I can tell you this. So, you know, we... Uh, we started putting this deal together. We kind of announced it out there that we were going to do it, and it's been humbling the amount of support that people have uh, started reaching out and wanting to get involved. And uh, a lot of that has been some old friends from different crews that want to come and, and potentially help crew and do pit stops. Oh, how cool is that? From that perspective. So um, there are a lot of guys that have reached out. We're trying to figure out the scheduling on a few, and uh, – We'll kind of see how it plays out, but it's a little difficult because of the timing for some people. But uh, we've had, you know, quite a few guys hanging around. Even Chad Coast has been here staying at the house with Bobby Fong a little bit. And after he's finished racing AFP on Thursday, he might stick around and help crew on our bike a little bit on Friday, Saturday. Got a few old crew members that, uh, you know, have been members of crews when I did the 200 before reach out and want to be involved. And, some of it were just it not, a lot of it's not finalized. We're still uh, putting some pieces together. We've been fortunate. Yamaha kind of got behind us, and a few other people have reached out and said, "Hey, man, what do you guys need?" And uh, so things are starting to come together. When's the last time you rode that track? Uh, I mean, what was the last time a superbike race was there? Two thousand. That's a, quite a while ago. Yeah, yeah, quite a while so, ago. I mean, I mean, you know, the one thing is the track itself is a fairly simple racetrack. There's really not much to it. 
And I have a lot of years of experience there. I've actually ridden there quite a bit. I'm excited about the prospect of riding it on a 600. I did not enjoy it on a Superbike. I'm looking forward to this, and Tony and I were talking about it beforehand. Tony, I would love—I so would love to go down and watch this race. There's just so many guys that are going to be in this race that, you know. Yeah, it's, more and more signing up. I know, and it, I just, it feels like it's going to be an epic year of the 200. There's a lot of talent out there, and uh, we're so glad you're running it. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah, man, Melissa's, uh, you know, she's putting a good deal together. I know she runs a tight ship. I've seen it for a few years. <laughs> and hopefully uh, with this, we can put add some legitimacy to it. And uh, maybe she'll be able to put together a program that's going to run for the whole Moto America season. That'd be very cool. Nice. Good job out Not of you, bud. Not with me riding it. Not with me riding it. Josh, <laughs> Josh always good talking with you, man. Appreciate you jumping on and joining us. Thanks for having me. There we go. Uh, Josh heads to the pits. Coming up, uh, we have uh, Landon or Lendon Smith, pardon me, and Greg White scheduled. Hour number two: Richie Morris, Cole Townsend, and little open time for us in studio to chat it up. And uh, some prize. Uh, what do we got? Some surprise pizza coming in from Pie Five Pizza out of uh, Ankeny, Iowa. But I believe there are some other locations. We'll be talking to that guy here in a little bit. Steve will be joining us with some hot, delicious pizza. Stick around. More after this. This is Pit Pass Motor Racing Weekly. Hey, this is Flamin' Sammy Halbert of Halbert Brothers Racing, a flat track racer, and you're listening to Pit Pass Radio. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 